My name is Jimmy, sometimes Jimmy J, and sometimes Shay. This is a podcast about human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. So, hello and welcome to episode 86 of Twilight Conversations. Episode 86, I'm doing this for Donald Trump, he's my orange Jesus, I love him. <laughs> That's what those fucking lunatics are saying. <laughs> oh my god! I already started on that, you know. He's been sent to save the world. <laughs> That's what they're saying. What's going on in the world? There's fucking hundreds of millions of people wanting to get back into the White House. I don't know. They know he's a rapist. They don't seem to care. They know he's a con man. They don't seem to care. They know he's sociopathic, narcissistic. A horrible, horrible human being. They do not seem to care. And then there's a whole lot that pretend, ah, well, you know, he's a bit, but we like his policies. What fucking policies? <laughs> right, I didn't want to get in on that one. Thank you, Donald, for saving the world. Okay, episode 86, and my glasses are after fogging up. I got a bit excited there about the orange Jesus, the mango Mussolini. Um, democracy on the fucking line. You know, seriously, I'm telling you. Right. The little bit of a right shit we've got going on in, in Ireland is nothing compared to what's going on over there. Anyway, that's another podcast. So, today, I am going to uh, thank you again. Yeah, of course, thank you, Jerry. Be polite. Thank you for all of your uh, wonderful feedback as always. It's just great, really is. I'll never tire of hearing it and I'll never tire of saying it to you and thanking you for uh, encouraging me to continue. Love the stuff on Dreams, really enjoyed it. You know, people had different preferences, that's fine. But uh, as I said, I'm always hoping that I'll plant a few seeds and stoke your interest. And if none of that interests you, people love the music and that's and the playlist is going well yeah people like that so you're getting the list of what, what the songs are and you're also getting you can just um click on click in whatever the term is uh just where jerry keller has editor there there'll be a space there for more and you can go straight to spotify and there's the playlist for you to play choose as you will so thank you so much for all of that uh yeah here I am, early Sunday-ish. Um, so this this is going to be Thursday, this is going to turn to Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Hallmark bullshit, you know, whatever. Anyway, some people like it, but it is a bit of a commercial. Now, whatever about Christmas, Valentine's Day is really a whole pile of crap, isn't it? Uh, you say that, Jamie, but if you're with someone, it's lovely. Yes, let's move on from that. Okay. So you'll be very pleased to know I'm going to do a series two anyway, because then I'll be interviewing uh, the wonderful Joni Reagan from Carlingford, hey? Which hasn't really got a strong Carlingford accent. She has more of a softer accent. Um, but uh, some similar themes, but, you know, healing, freedom, love, peace, whatever. We shall see. Um, and that'd be a real treat, absolutely, in store for you. Uh, listen to this woman talk about her take or understanding and experience of of life, love, being a man, being a person, 
living the life, you know, doing the doings, whatever you got to do, uh, and all that comes with that. So that'll be in two weeks. So today and next week, I am going to be uh, talking about loneliness, sadness, despair, pain, hurt. Ah, fuck off, Jimmy. You know what I mean? Fuck off. I don't know for that. I mean, did I tell you I'm available for children's parties, weddings, and bar mitzvahs? <laughs> Look, it sounds grim, but it isn't. You know, it isn't at all. Um, I'm going to approach looking at really encouraging you to lean into and feel feelings and to not be afraid of these sometimes very overpowering or very distressing or disconcerting feelings that we can have or sometimes it's more than a feeling it's just a sense of self so i'm gonna uh, look at that um, and i want to kind of debunk is in the world i'm after i really want to uh, explore the depth of what the different types of loneliness even like the word lonesome lonely alone the different levels of that the different shades of that you know um and of course they'll interchange, there'll be elements of despair. You have to, you have, to have a bit of fucking despair, man, you know what I mean? Um, there'll be some despair, of course, and, and sadness and, and hurt. They'll interlink, of course. So what I don't catch this week, I'll get next week. But I'm going to more focus on loneliness and what it means, what, what society tells us it means, what it really could mean, and the different layers and, and nuances to loneliness and meanings and all of that, and how at a core level it can be a very beautiful, soulful experience. That's not to do with not having anyone in your life. That's just to do with a, a deeper yearning for something. I will get back to that. Okay. So, um, yeah, isolation will come into it as well. And I'm kind of really going to work around quite a, lot, a few songs today. <laughs> What's fucking new, Jimmy? But very, very much so, and work off them, so to speak. I literally had my playlist made in my mind before I even started to speak of what would work with it. Because a lot of the time I do that, I'll have the songs and I'll build the podcast around the song, and or vice versa, or, or little bits of interchange, you know. Um, and I'll go through them and try and touch into the different shades aspects of what we understand to be loneliness or to be lonely or lonesome or blue that lovely term the blues i love that blues a lovely lovely term um and i'm thinking i was talking recently about sign language and it's coming back into my psyche i'm thinking of the signs i learned and the sign for the color blue funny enough is if i remember correctly now i think it might be the thumb just under the eye and a little a little flick gentle flick so it's like like a tear blue for the color but blue for blues isn't that something else i love that you know um so the blues the this much more the yearning the hunger you know enough with the fucking hunger jimmy what the fucking food man i'll get to the food but you can't get the food unless you explore the hunger right so um let's take for example right you have words like, as I said, lonely, alone, lonesome, isolated, blue. Words like solitude, which has kind of got a different flavour to it, kind of kind of nice, you know. Um, take the word alone. That's what we usually think of like, oh, there's nobody around. There's no, nobody physically present. You know, which can be fucking agonising because you maybe you feel like you'd like to have a bit of company. You know, not just romantic or intimate or sexual. That's all fine. Just another human being 
just to hear a voice, just to laugh with someone, to talk to someone, to relate to someone. Uh, that can be a very profound experience, you know, for the need for human contact, touch, companionship, presence, or, or, and or, right? Aloneness can be delightful, solitude, contemplation, contentment, peace, joy, uh, in your own being, self-love, self, just being with yourself in a, in a lovely way that doesn't require um, anyone else to interact at that particular time, because I think we'll have the energy of others within us, but just to be in our own space, solitude, I love that, you know. And maybe, you know, you hear me talking about being introvert in the true sense of the word, meaning drawing energy inwards. That can be one of the advantages. That space I find quite easy, you know. God, I can yearn like the best and probably more than most for contact and connection. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, it's a paradox to go hand in hand. The more you're okay in your own deep place, the more aware of and okay you are with wanting to reach out to others. I mean, I'd be interfacing with that quite a lot, but just that delightful, lonely space. I crave it. I look forward to it, you know, as much as I look forward to being with loved ones and friends and whoever. See what I'm saying to you? I do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? There comes a time in a person's life when one only hungers for where it's at. Do you pick up on what I'm alluding to here, people? Right. Shall I continue? Very well. Okay. I've no idea where that comes from. It just pops out of me, just inside of me. So that's the kind of thing we're going to be looking at, you know. Uh, and the word lonely, that's just alone, the word lonely as well. The different <coughs> types, the different ways to be lonely. Um, so you could say lonely for friendship. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we can all understand that. It's very basic. Sipping tea. Hmm. Okay. So that kind of loneliness for friendship is a fundamental human piece. I don't know, I think it might be in the Bible. It's not good for a man or woman to be alone. But it was a bit fucking misogynistic, isn't it? So, <laughs> you know, but it's not good. Can I can hear Monty Python in the back of my mind. The Life of Brian. I would never tire of that film. And if you're of the younger audience listening, kind of under 30 or 40, and you haven't seen Monty Python's Monty Python and the Holy Grail or like Monty Python's Life of Brian, you haven't fucking your it's your your whole life will be affected because you haven't seen that film. It's just very fucking funny. Anyway, I'm talking about you know it's not good for human beings to be al to be alone. That's a, a, in general, right? So we can all yearn for that. We're lonely for connection. Yep, romance, absolutely intimacy, sexual contact. Uh, there's a deep hunger, yearning, desire. Now that can mistaken, mistakenly be met with like a toxic shame, humiliating, humiliating, <laughs> I make up these words, humiliating, humiliation, self-loathing. And that's a very societal, cultural piece or familial piece that could happen. Uh, because, you know, the messages coming from perhaps families, internally, even in their own mind, society, what we're meeting, 
makes us feel bad about being human and having desire or wanting connection. Everybody wants to be fucking cool, you know? They all want to be cool. All that shite. The coolest thing on the planet is someone being vulnerable and being real, being a real human being. How cool is that? But anyway, we understand the kind of society we're living in where it's not okay to be authentic and real. It is, but you, you kind of feel you're not. So uh, it can be hard to meet our... Uh, let me, let me just say now, let me put this out here before we go any further. I feel like a shop steward now. Comrades, through the chair, let me just put this out. Well, well, they always seem to be, I don't know if there's a shop steward involved. Through the chair there, uh, comrades. <laughs> if you make contact and you are aware of in your being, I mean in your body, deep, in your bowels, through your heart, right inside of you, the very depths of your being, of an almost insatiable hunger, yearning, desire for love, for sex, for contact, for all of the above. Welcome to the world of human beings. Aren't you a beautiful person? So if you get anything out of this podcast, I love you to walk away kind of going, it's actually okay that I have an ache in my soul and heart for something. There's nothing wrong with you. That tells you you are a fully healthy, normal human being. Now, I know that can be misunderstood. That can get hurt and we can be hurt there and all of that. We'll be addressing all that. Don't worry. Uncle Jim will sort that all out for you. In one podcast, you'll be walking away fucking brand new. I don't know what I'm shocked about. I do. I'm just joking for you. All right. Okay. So there's often a need there for kind of deep healing and renegotiation and negotiation, negotiation. So I'm having, a, I'm doing a bit of a trump with my words. A need for renegotiation and reframing of what we once thought human loneliness, hunger and yearning was. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm also going to, that's, these are all interconnected, but I'm, or is called spiritual loneliness. That's that appetite, desire that can be like exquisitely agonizing and brings deep suffering if that's unmet, right? You know what I'm talking about there? This also becomes more evident, funny enough, when we actually experience peak love communication experiences. We kind of go, ooh, there needs to be a met. It's wonderful, what it, to touch that excellence with another human being, be that in love and friendship, whatever way you have that. Whatever you have in yourself, sir, right? However, that can open you up to even a deeper pain or loneliness, if you like, but it's actually okay. You don't mind it then because the other's being met and they're not separate. Kind of, I think that human, uh, what's called peak human experience, just touches the feathers of the angel, you know, you're just of heaven. You're just kind of like, hello, oh, look, you're at the door, <laughs> you know, you're in the garden, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think if I go down this way, you know, but it get, makes you hungry for more, you know. And as we know, no one human being, no matter how much we love him or her, can actually meet all of that for us. And that's a great freedom and relief, you know, that you don't have to provide that for someone because you can't. And they know it's okay that they can't give it to you. They can give you a lot, right? And you can give them a lot. So, do you have a sense of where I'm going with this? Okay. So that's the spiritual loneliness, the appetite, desire for spiritual or transpersonal connection, which goes beyond just human love, but includes it. 
you kind of can't have one without the other. Some people try to skip the you a bit. God and I let the word go by. But the toxic positivity, I'm above all of that. Fuck off, you cunt, is what I say to you. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, that's just how I feel about it. So, again, so thank you for all your lovely comments, everyone. Um, Reds are. The little red dominatrix is not doing too much domineering these days. Um, not that she doesn't like it. That nah, she is. I kid you not. Or do I? I don't know. Is she or isn't she? But an update. She is embarking on a month of radiation around her left side, her left breast, uh, which is where the two tumours were removed. You know, the other one's in peak condition, although it was rebuilt. We had, they had the technology. Uh, so this, this one, and that's what they're going to do. Um, and of course, because it's on the side of the heart, this one, that's quite an intricate process. She's got to learn this whole breathing technique, almost like a Wim Hof style breathing. Or the, as she was saying to me, you know, the breathing from that beautiful documentary, uh, Deep Breath, deep, about the deep divers. Oh, fucking hell. Jesus, extraordinary. But the Italian girl and she meets the Irish guy and if you haven't seen that on Netflix, is it called The Deepest Breath, maybe? Anyway, she's got to learn a breathing technique like technique like that for going into the radiation. Now I do know a little bit about getting radiation. Mine was around my throat and mouth, so I had to get this mask made. It's fucking weird. And they it's molded to your face and they pin it down onto the fucking bizarre fucking thing. Um but this is, you know, obviously a, a different style now because the heart is there. They have to really, you know, be very careful with the radiation and that her muscles are relaxed and so forth, so forth. There's much more intricacies to it than that. Anyway, that's going to happen in, in the month of February and probably through March, I would say. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact date. So, yeah, it would be just beautiful if after that, you know, and that's an ordeal in itself. That would be it, wouldn't it? For, for Red Sox, that would be it in, in that sense. I mean, I really know, we all know there's always after effects. And, but wouldn't it be just like, no more surgeries, no more chemo, no more radiation, no more of that bollocksology, right? But look, right, fingers crossed, hands joined in prayer and all of that. Um and she's extraordinarily helpful and funny and interesting around we, we do a bit of peer supervision and she better get better anyway i told you i'm going to do the workshop facilitate the workshop she's meant to be facilitating with me and bob's her so get your shit together Reza. stop fucking pissing and moaning about this little bit of cancer you're having and fucking get on with the program <laughs> you silly bitch <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I know, right, sir. Oh, God. Extraordinary at interpreting and understanding very complex uh, psychotherapeutic issues. Myself and ourself, we do peer supervision. We're looking at forming a peer supervision group. Um, we go to it. We have a supervisor as well, but it's, it's lovely sometimes, particularly when you're on a few years, to get the benefit of, of each other's experience. But she's uh, an extraordinary mind and understanding of the human psyche. He thinks. Okay. So, that's what the podcast is about. That's what we're going to look at. Are you with me? Are you in? Yes. 
Let's continue. So my kitchen dance tune today. Let me bring you back to 1978. The wonderful police. Andy Summers, super guitar, sting, powerful vocals, bass playing, but Stuart Copeland, the one of the best drummers ever there was on drums. The song, So Lonely. Wow, what a song. Now I want to encourage you. If you're younger, you may not know the song or know the police. Great band. You have to get into them. But what I want to encourage you for a, as a kind of a, a, an expressive exercise, find the song on your phone. Well, it's not, it'll be in the playlist I've given you, but you'll find it. You might have it on vinyl or whatever. Play this song and dance your fucking head, heart and soul off because it's just great for catharsis. Right? You can just go, go, I want you to go mad to it and get into your loneliness, get a bit pissed off as well, and a healthy way if you need to because it's got that feel to it. Uh, and it's just beautiful. That's what I did in the kitchen. I went fucking crazy to so lonely by the police. And you know, the police to have that kind of unusual reggae. Well, someone told me yesterday that if you throw your love away, you act as if you just don't care. Do you remember that one walking down the street? All right, all right, yeah, grand. You're fucking in bits. Yeah, full core, you know what I mean? Ah, plenty more fish in the sea, you know what I mean? Horror loss, Jimmy, horror loss. I know, I know. <laughs> Broken up. <laughs> you act as if you're going somewhere, you pretend you're going somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, the uh, kind of uh, feel for that song is... is presumably it's obvious more of a romantic thing there's this loss there but it also can feel just let you be with your loneliness because I'm going to come back to again loneliness is a fundamental human experience it's an existential experience which I will be coming to right so there's another great I don't go, won't go into all the lines of the song it says well no one has knocked upon my door for a thousand years or more all dressed up and nowhere to go welcome to this one man show and it goes into so lonely so lonely and it gets quite frenzied it's fucking great and you know Copeland's drumming is brilliant so there's a piece at the end right as it gets to the end there's a kind of a harmonica comes in and Copeland does speeds up the drums right so really you can really go with that then it slows down again he goes I feel low 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 I feel low 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 it does a bit of that and then it builds back up again and you can fucking explode great I was sweating <laughs> that was a workout I was fucking exhausted <laughs> You know, there wasn't enough room to move. Jesus, it was great. So that's what that's my challenge to you for it doesn't have to be your uh, kitchen dance song. You can do it in the hallway, you can do it wherever you like, but dance to so lonely. Even if you're not feeling lonely, it's just fucking great. There you go. Okay. So again I want to emphasize really, really want to emphasize um that I'm coming from the perspective that loneliness and all the related feelings that I spoke about, we're not going to pathologize them because unfortunately as well, partly through society, culture, in psychology, psychotherapy, it can kind of be feel like if someone's lonely or there's something wrong with you, you do, you know, oh, you're not getting out enough, you know, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, there's, there's no real appreciation of it's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be without another person. It's okay. Uh, maybe you don't want to be with someone. You just want to be with your loneliness for a little bit. You know, I don't mean in a negative way. But also to be able to explore all those subtle 
levels and nuances to that loneliness, what it might mean, you know. Um, because whether they like it or not, I'm talking to you, society, right? We are all deeply lonely at some level. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of what I'm saying to you in simple terms. It's part of the human condition. It's part of being a human being. Can we make that more difficult for ourselves? Absolutely. You know, would it be useful sometimes to maybe go outside the door and say, hello, hello, young sir. Of course it would, you know, or to, to reach out or to call people. Of course, of course. I'm not talking about that, but of course we need to do all of that. But I'm talking about the actual experience of it and how we see it, how we process it, what that means. You know, because it can often be met with even internally, like, ooh, shame. Ooh, shame gets tied up with it somehow. I shouldn't be lonely. Hmm. Let's address that. I should, and I am, right? <laughs> because I'm a human being, I'm a person, you know? Um, as I said, that's ranging from the kind of upper scale of Ah, oh, I'm just lonely, wouldn't mind talking to someone, wouldn't mind getting an L cuddle, wouldn't mind an L smooch, wouldn't mind some connections, some intimacy, some, you know, right through to deep down in the, the depths of human consciousness. I want to interconnect with the universe, with the sea, with the sun, with the sky, with the, uh, the great spirit of the sky, with the higher power, with God, the source, whatever you wish to call that. And that is a fantastic journey, you know. And as long as we breathe on this earth, we're always going to have that. So that's why you can't pathologize loneliness, you know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's because it's it's a, a continuing process while we journey through life. It's part of the experience, and accepting it is half the battle, you know. That's the kind of flavor of the podcast. I want you to embrace your loneliness, <clears throat> your sadness, your despair, your all that goes with that aloneness, all the things maybe you were told that were wrong with you. They're not. Imagine, you're like, oh, that's brilliant, Jim. I just I never thought that. Great. I'm free now. But you know what I mean? I understand it's, it's it's a little bit of a process of exploring that and what that means to you. Maybe you are free and you're okay and you'd be kind of going, yep, I get you. We're all good. You know, we're all good. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go to a song that I have used before. Um, I think. Have I? Oh, I have, yeah. It's a song called, I've, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, it's a song called One, and it's written by Harry Nielsen, the Lakeway Harry Nielsen. Everybody's talking at me, him. And uh, Can't Live Living Is Without You, that's Harry Nielsen. And I'm looking at Amy Mann's version, which was used brilliantly in the film Magnolia. I probably said this on the podcast three or four times. And the film itself, have a look at it as well, because it's really about social alienation, miscommunication, yearning, hunger, addiction thrown in, a smattering of abuse here and there, bit of bit of how bit of whatever's going on in it. But human beings who are really lonely and hurting and disconnected and just trying to find a way to to get through it and resolve things, right? That's. But anyway, the, the film opens 
with this song and I mean just listen to Amy Mann listen to the song as well it's, it's wonderful and it's kind of like uh, the lines are one is the loneliest number you'll ever know or you'll ever do no is the saddest experience you'll ever know it's just no good anymore since you went away now I spend my time making rhymes of yesterday because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do one is the loneliest number. That's the song. It's kind of an unusual kind of feel to it. It's kind of an isolated feel. And the song is all about social isolation. You know, that kind of... And, and you can, as you're watching, you can feel everybody wants to connect. And you don't want to get through the screen and go, God, will you talk to him? And would she talk to you? Come on. Right? That feel. You know, you can just see people are just yearning to be loved, to put it simply. With a call up. I think it's set in LA or somewhere like that. So it's real... A big city kind of fake, you know, Hollywood vibe going on there, you know. Yeah. Okay. So the inner loneliness that we experience that can become very rich. I'm thinking of the word soul and soul music. But soul soulful means it can mean alone. It can mean richness. It can mean depth and beauty, can't it? Soul. Can mean spirit, you know. So think about that. So sometimes we need to be with our soul. We need to be on our own in a beautiful, healthy way, you know, and be okay with that. And the paradox is, if I'm okay with that, then I'm okay about how much I really want to reach out, and connect with you, and I'm not ashamed. I don't care. Isn't it beautiful to not care about that? I care about other things, but to not care what you may think. You know, why do we care? Why do we care? Why do we give a fuck about someone else who's just going through the same type of stuff and their way of dealing with it is they might try and humiliate you. I'm going to go, oh, I think you're a bit too needy for me, you know. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. And ice. It's fucking pasta. Liverpool won 3 1. They still weren't great, but they won 3 1. Top of the league by two points you know City on our tails Arsenal on our tails it's all happening in the Premier League Klopp's last year um, I've a bit of a yearning about Klopp already it's fucking bad isn't it? obviously it's not really about him it's a kind of a fatherly thing I think uh, that wasn't always available so I'm going to go to the band Steely Dan right who 60s, 70s was their era really you know this this band and like Steely Dan were made up of like one of the main singer songwriters was uh, Ernest Becker Boris Becker not Boris Becker he was a tennis player Becker and Donald Fagan Becker died unfortunately and Donald Fagan brilliant songwriting great kind of very progressive musicians and all their band were all sessions musicians and jazz musicians you know whether or not you like jazz or not you have to be a serious player to play jazz right so and Steely Dan would be known for these kind of like high intellectual kind of lyrics maybe or you know and great musicians and for kind of unusual chords and very atmospheric very moody and I love them I absolutely love them um kind of slightly jazz chords but like lovely changes in their music but they just bring they just open up a, a little room inside you thought oh i didn't know about that it's just the way a, a key change or a chord change might be in their music or the way their harmonies go very again very moody 
you know, very ambient style of, of playing, you know. They weren't a hits band. You know, you listen to Steve, you, know, you can see they're not going to get hits. They're not going to be top of the charts, you know. Although I think um, Reeling in the Years became really, because it was, it was one of their easier tunes. Are you reeling in the years? I like it. It's not one of my favourite songs of theirs. Anyway, Steely Dan. Oh yeah, they'd be another one now if you, if you had, if you had a Steely Dan vinyl album, they were really, you know, whatever about Led Zeppelin or Bowie was on the telly a bit, who, you know, he was having hits, no one heard of Steely Dan, so you were really, you know, top of the pile. I remember talking to some of these, I don't know what, someone's party got invited to, into, into some, it wasn't too far away from where we live, but it was a kind of a so-called middle class area, you know, so, uh. I was trying to impress by talking about Steely Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to uh, Pretzel Logic earlier on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they really saying there? Does a Pretzel have a logic, you know? It's probably better off left unsaid. And if you need to explain it, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Where did you say you were from? That's where the shame hits. Um, just over there. <laughs> what do I do? Do I betray who I really am? <laughs> do I keep this going? If I do say where I'm from, is it all going to change? <laughs> They'll never come over and visit me. <laughs> all of that, you know, in your head. You don't know how real that would be, you know. Uh, but they were so impressed I knew Steely Dan, you know. They were like, oh, the eyes lit up. Oh, you know Steely Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aja. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, Katie Lloyd. I can tell you all Steely Dan stuff. Anyway, there's a, a wonderful track. And there's a nice little uh, arc within an arc here because I'll be talking about a band called Deacon Blue from the 80s in a little while. But this, who named the song, who named their band after this song by Steely Dan called Deacon Blues. Get me? So the song is called Deacon Blues from the album Aja from 1977, Steely Dan, right? And it's really a song, even the, again, those kind of jazzy type chords and this unusual harmonies that are in a touch of kind of a loneliness that I recognize in me, you know. And the song is just very complex. It's about a lot of different things, but it's really about social isolation again and desire to be something you're not. And, you know, I love it anyway. What I love in it, it's, it's got this line, um, they've got a name for the winners in the world. I want a name when we lose. And I'm saying, yeah, what about us losers? And I don't mean losers in a bad way. I mean, just people that aren't fucking top of the game the whole time, just ordinary human beings. We're winners, no? So I love that kind of thing, you know? But it's got this really tragic line that says, I cried when I wrote this song. Sue me if I play for too long. They got a name for the winners in the world. I want a name when I lose. You know? Now to play the saxophone, I play it just as I feel. Drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel. Steely Dan, Deacon Blue. And that brings out a particular, I don't know what it is in me, kind of a, just a shade or a subtle sense of loneliness. And uh, it's 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 a commentary as well on, on, on shallowness between human beings and, and wanting to connect as well, really. So I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm attempt, attempting to do as I <clears throat> move through the different songs is touch a different shade or expression of loneliness or style of loneliness, you know, and again, you know, from the I'm alone, I want someone or I don't want someone with me to loneliness for 
love, life, connection, sex, intimacy, uh, recognition, acknowledgement, uh, whatever it might be, to be, to be, uh, you know, revered, to be loved, adored, all of that. There's a deep well of hunger in human beings for all those things, and they're all completely healthy uh, and normal. That's what I want you to hear from it. Okay. So, 1982, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. The wonderful Bob Seger with that husky, very masculine, sexy voice. He's got great band, the Silver Bullet Band. This great song called Shame on the Moon, right? And it's again, this touches that kind of what I call nighttime loneliness, that kind of deeper sense of self from a different kind of perspective, right? And in Shame on the Moon, uh, he also refers to, you know, once, once a man gets inside a woman's heart, what happens, you know, and the profound experience of how blown away as men we get, or whatever way you are, if you're gay whatever way that goes for you you're you're you're, uh, you're a lover your counterpart lover but what that feels like you know and i'm i was smiling to myself listening to how i've often said you know get men got in the therapy room like gee what's the story with women like oh man i'm after meeting this lady i'm really falling for it like boy oh, this just drives me mad what's going on inside me you know and i love the way they think that i know but I think what they're getting at is, well, you listen to us, they all talk to you, so you know. <laughs> What's the mystery? And part of me is going, God, because I don't know, there's a mis there's a mystery in the woman's heart that I don't want to change. But uh, if I can impart anything to you, be yourself. Because if you're not, she'll smell it in a heartbeat. And that may turn her off you, and it probably will. Just be who you are, and if she doesn't like that, well, she doesn't like that, what, what can you do? You know? Yeah. Maybe your sister will, you know, uh, whatever. There'll be someone else. But yeah, we've got to encounter that part where the other may, when we show who we are, they may go, it may feel like they don't like us then. And that's very painful. But we can, that's okay. We can heal through that. We don't have to compromise it because the problem there is we start bending ourselves out of shape to try to keep the person's interest and love. We all know where that ends up, you know, for some people in psychiatric institutions or uh, in heavy addiction or all kinds of horrible places just because they thought it wasn't okay to be me. I got all that from <laughs> Blame It On Midnight, Shame On The Moon from Bob Seger. Anyway, it's a wonderful tune. It's kind of a slightly haunting. And he says in it, until you've been beside a man, you don't know what he wants. You don't know if he cries at night and you don't know if he don't. Where nothing comes easy, all nightmares are real. Until you've been beside a man, you don't know how he feels. And then he goes, once inside a woman's heart, a man must keep his head. Heaven opens up the door where angels fear to tread. Some men go crazy, some men go slow. Some men go just where they want and some men don't go. And then there's a beautiful chord change into the chorus. Oh, don't blame it on midnight. Oh, shame on the moon. Beautiful, beautiful song by Bob Seger. That's from the, uh, The Distance is the name of the album. 1982, I remember well as soon as I heard it, just musically I loved it because of the changes in the chorus. Well, you, you know, if, you, if you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, play it and listen to the, when it gets to the chorus, how it changes. It's absolutely uh Beautiful, it just touches your soul in that particular way, you know, as music does and words can't get there. 
this song does that but it's got all of that in it for me you know mm. shame on the moon so i mentioned steady dan the song deacon blues so here's the band deacon blue um i think i'm skipping something actually probably yeah there was another song i had in my mind where's it gone mm -hmm. did that did that yeah okay mm -hmm. so this song is by the band deacon blue who again took that name from the song deacon blues by steely dan 1987 and it's called when will you make my phone ring now when i first heard this i've got a double pain around this song right it's very it's something very painful in the song when i first heard this song i thought when will you make my phone ring i thought oh isn't that beautiful someone's waiting he or she's waiting for the phone to ring you know i want you in everything and everything that i do when will you make my phone ring but as i listen to the lyrics it's actually much more complex and it's really really painful it's like maybe there's an unrequited love there's been a mistake there's been a mix-up do you know what i'm saying like it's not uh, you'll see as I give you the lyrics, but it's, it's it touches into a particular type of loneliness where you've either made a mistake or the other person doesn't feel the same or you thought they did or there's some complex shit going on and you're wondering, but I thought they liked me, they seem to, or what's going on and I'm really into them and all of that, right. Great band, Deacon Blue, if you don't know them, from the 80s, Glasgow band, I think, Glasgow. So, it says, I want you in everything, in everything and anything that I do. When will you make my phone ring and tell me, here we go now, I can't give you anything, anything at all now. Ooh, I thought, ooh, mixed messages in that song. You know, you're anticipating a call that's not going to be good. You know, you're, you're waiting for the phone call to get the Dear John letter or to say, look, it's not you, it's me, or something to that effect, you know. Uh it's also got this great line and the wonder of it all was you and underneath it all it wasn't true oh i could even feel that now you know when you're all hopeful and you're fucking lit up about something or someone and you da, 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 and for somewhere in it you, it's got you know it's not that and you oh, there's an emptiness and a pain isn't it you know so in the sun they're waiting for the phone ring i don't know if it's for confirmation <laughs> you know yeah so I thought it was a real positive song. No, no, it is. But it, I thought it was a real lovely love song, but it's a very painful, complex song that it's not going well. Uh, the wonder of it all was you, and underneath it all, it wasn't true. <gasps> now we can heal that from that. I know that personally, and you know that. You've probably been through that experience in your life. I mean, I'm 62, so there's been a few of them. You get ready to do a few of them. That's why you can talk about a lot of them. It's very hard to talk about a lot of your 20 or 30 because it just hasn't happened yet, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hearing unrequited love. You thought it was something, but it wasn't. And it's kind of shock facing the ugly truth. They don't feel the same. It was all a mistake. That's a painful kind of loneliness, isn't it? That's a painful kind of loneliness. Indeed. Yeah. Let's keep it cheerful. 
<laughs> Let's keep it cheerful with the next song. Gets gets better. Hang in there, guys. Uh, okay. So the next, it's in, in the same vein as that, so just a little warning for you. I'm thinking of the wonderful uh, Cowboy Junkies with that haunting voice of, is it Margot Timmons is the lead singer there? Ooh, gosh. And this is from 1996. Um, and the song is called, it's from the album laid down, it's called Lonely Sinking Feeling. Now this is beautiful, it's a beautiful tune, right? But what I'm getting from this now is there's a kind of loneliness in here and it could go, it could be both, it could be either they're discovering, he, she is discovering, wow, I found the most beautiful love and connection and magic and we're communicating and we're there and it's like peak and it's wonderful and I'm healed through it and I'm happier as a person. That very wonderful experience. So I'm I'm having that, but I'm also realizing, like I said in the beginning, but there's more. No, there's no failing in the other person. They're the best I'm gonna get. And if you can touch that in life, you're doing really, really well. But I have more of a yearning for that. That's because human beings are spiritual, but for a deeper spiritual connection for more. It's either that or a bit of a dear John letter. Like it's not you, it's me. It's like is she, is she saying in it now? I'm getting that lonely sinking feeling because I've, I've, I thought we had it, but I'm kind of having different feelings, you know, or one of them is, you know, that way. So you can listen and decide yourself. Um, lonely sinking feeling and God, the way she sings it, you know. So here's a couple, of, a little sample of it. Just when I think I've uncovered the secret to peace and tranquility, that lonely sinking feeling creeps up on me. Just when I thought I discovered the joy of loving one so completely, that lonely sinking feeling creeps up on me. And her voice is perfect to describe that. So I'm going to take the, you know, I mean, it's all positive anyway, but I'm going to take the, the choose to, to, to believe. Because we know we can have unrequited love or people can change feelings. That's part, unfortunately, it's part of the human condition. I don't know what happened. My feelings change. You know, it can happen, and you can't blame someone for that. It can just happen. Uh, now, sometimes it happens because there's a lot of problems not addressed, but sometimes it just kind of happens organically, naturally, uh, for sure. So that can be there. But perhaps this song helps describe if you think of it in terms of even if you do get that, and I, God bless you if you do that peak connection with at least one person, be that in friendship or in intimate sexual love, as well. Wow, that's, I won't say it's rare, but not everybody gets that. So if you can get that level of spirituality with a person, because it comes through a person, beautiful. But my, the chances are you will discover, this is my experience, that there's a deeper yearning, but it's actually, it's okay. It's actually, you know, it's beautiful to be with, even though it's painful, it's because you have the other, if you get me, and you're, you're okay with it. Where that is violently painful, is when your needs aren't being met anywhere. You're not really aware of it. You think you're bad for having that. You're caught up in a dick. All of that stuff. That's when it's really painful. So you've got that deep spiritual pain that you're not even in touch with. You don't know what to call it. You think it's about him or her or the drug or the drink or this or that. And they're not. All of that. And I'm bad and there's something wrong with me. And that's where the violent pain is. You get me? So once that starts, to, the mist starts to clear and you begin to realize, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. There could be another. Oh, there's another story here. Oh, 
I see. Oh, is it that way? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So that was Bob Seeger and that was uh, the Cowboy Junkies and Deacon Blue. Um, I've, there's a song I wanted and I, I kind of missed it somewhere. I thought I, I noted it. Just to remind me of it. Uh -huh. Ah, there it is. That's just whatever way I have it on my phone. Back to the 80s again. And a wonderful band called Prefab Sprout from an album called Steve McQueen. And as I was researching this song again and listened to it again, I loved it when it came out. Uh, but I was listening to it more recently. Obviously, I'm listening. I really got upset very quite deeply. Uh, as I do with a lot of the songs, not upset in a bad way. I'm trying to practice what I preach, be okay with the feelings. But actually, I just welled up in a very deep outpouring of sadness, loss, kind of confusion, pain, you know. And this song is called When Love Breaks Down by Prefab Spro from 1985. Beautifully written, beautifully sung. And um, I think it just, again, 62 years of love has broken down occasionally. And it reminded me of experiences in my life uh, where love has broken down. And the, the pain of that hasn't gone away. It's still there. I can even hear it in my own voice now as I'm speaking to you. So... Hang on. So here's the, the lyrics of it. When love breaks down the lies you tell that only fool to serve ourselves. When, love's break, when love breaks down the things we do to stop the truth from hurting you. When love breaks down, when love breaks down. Musically it's beautiful. And they, them lines really, really very simple but very uh, intuitive, wise. While love breaks down the things we do to stop the truth from hurting you. Simple, yeah. So I'm introducing hurt there because there's often hurts in us because needs aren't met. There's confusion, there's misunderstandings, there's breakdowns, you know. When love breaks down the things we do to stop the truth from hurting you. When love breaks down the lies we tell, they only serve to fool ourselves. You know, I am grand, everything's fine, you know, that type of stuff, you know. And, you know, th th we all know, everybody, it's a universal experience, the experience of love breaking down, whether that's as a teenager or fully into our adult life or, you know, uh, at different points or it might be kind of family love breaking down. And I often, uh, when I get in touch with kind of sadness around breakup or breakdown, I often feel for, I think, enough Betty. And at some point, she obviously loved my dad, you know, although she's got to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at some point, they fell in love obviously but i i know it wasn't ideal for lots of reasons but just the, the loss the breakup for them for any couples that break up and need to break up of course they needed to but just that i often and i think as a kid i used to pick up on the sadness in the house uh from my mother you know the, the from betty her her sadness just lost maybe not even for him that that hadn't worked you know love had broken down a long long time ago love had broken down <sighs> I think just as I was born, it's all my fault. <laughs> no, it's not. A lot happened around that time, you know, and being a, a, a loyal and good mother and a Catholic mother, and at the time, though she fucking hates Catholicism now, you know, 
you, you stay, you made your bed, you lie, and so she's dead and had after me another five, four, 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 five, six, four kids, you know, and really did the best. And as you heard, was was a brilliant man. I might get her on again. Um, it's just the organising of that. Um, I'd love to. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but when I'm go there every morning for my breakfast, or I'm there most days, and I stay a couple of nights a week, she'll often be chatting away. I'm thinking I've had the microphone now, you know, and I could probably get it on my phone and record it, but I don't know how well it would translate into the podcast. The sound quality mightn't be the same, but fuck, I might try. You know, herself and Amy, who's our carer, our friend, will be talking. You know. Amy's like, how are you, hon? <laughs> She's lovely, you know, and they love each other. You hear them chatting and laughing in the bath. She does, she, you know, uh, showers her and stuff, which is beautiful. And she's, Amy comes in when it's not even on our days off and, and, and helps her with stuff, you know. Uh, we're very blessed there. But the conversations that are going on, or she'll start talking to me, or at nighttime we're sitting chatting, I want to watch something, but she'll start talking. <laughs> or she press record, you know. So I think the love breaks down has a deep resonance from me right back to maybe the early 60s, late 60s. I used to pick it up. Um, an, an artist I'm going to talk about, Al Green, a different song though that I'm going to talk about, Let's Stay Together. I think Tina Turner had a big hit with it. That was out in there, like about 70 by Al Green. And I remember it being out and I remember feeling profoundly sad. I'm thinking, I'm fucking 10. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend. But it was around my mum and dad, I think. that's, and I think kids have that a lot and don't quite get, that's what they're heartbroken about. It's not just, yeah, of course, I don't want mum and dad to break up for the obvious reasons. I want a mum and dad and insecurity. But I think there's a real profound sorrow and sadness at the loss of love. And of course, as a 10-year-old, you can't process that the same. I mean, I used to re feel really sad when I heard this song. Beautiful song. And I kind of hoped that they would hear it and maybe do something. Don't know. And so when love breaks down from prefab sprout, brings you right through to the 80s and experiences like that. And I'm glad now they though things need to break down to heal. But through and still residual to relatively nearer, you know, uh, times and kind of go, hmm, that is very painful. But you're bittersweet and painful. And I don't look all okay. I'm going to, embrace it as I'm asking you to do and kind of go yeah that hurts or it's it's painful you know and there's no malice there's no there's none of that you know it's just painful uh, and 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 it's it's okay that it didn't work but it's it's just a sense of when love breaks down that's why the song is so clever it's such a great great song um and it got me in touch again with some of the 80s stuff that I love. I'm more 70s, but there was a period through the 80s where there were like Deacon Blue, uh, Prefab Sprout, all those, but Aztec Camera, there were great, great bands hanging around then. There's so much more. So there you go, Prefab Sprout when love breaks down. Jimmy's breaking down and she's doing a podcast. I'm just feeling feelings as I'm asking you. I'm okay with that. I I'm okay with that. Are we all doing okay? I mentioned Al Green, so he's next up. I'll go to Al Green. Al Green, he's still alive. I think he's about late 70s. Probably, they say he was the best soul singer. You know, he's a black soul singer of that era, 60s, 70s. Uh, he's got countless Grammys. Uh, awards. Oh, what a voice. What a singer. He actually did that duo later on then with Annie Lennox. Put a little love in your heart. That's him and Annie Lennox. But anyway, 
one of the songs he's famous for quite a few songs but this one i'm going about to talk about um is called i'm tired of being alone i might note at this point there was a there is a lovely version by the band texas I don't know whether I wrote that in the playlist. I might have wrote, you know, so you'll know. It's lovely. They're both lovely, but I prefer the original here because I love Al Green. I love his voice. He was a gospel singer as well. It's, there's a soulfulness in his voice that's very true, you know. So, um, yes. So it goes, I'm so tired of being alone. So tired on my own. Won't you help me, girl, just as soon as you can? So it's got that kind of exasperated feel, a frustrated sense of aloneness to it, you know, as well. Uh, and again, the way he sings that. And I've got those lovely memories. Um, that came out in 71. I was 10. But it was played, you know, in the, the, the discos, as they call them, the dance halls of the day that you've often heard me talk about, the local dance halls, into the mid-70s. You know, it was a popular tune. And... Uh, so I used to love uh, if I had a few drinks on me or, or a cough bottle or whatever I'd taken and I was eight, I got in. Cause sometimes I'd never get into the place, not because I was troublesome. <laughs> I was the most untroublesome person you could be, but just because I went unconscious a bit, you know. Get up, Jimmy, get up, get up, go home. That was that kind of thing. So I spent lots of time lying on gravel, listening to music, boom, boom, wishing I was in there, but I couldn't get up. Um, but those those few times I got in and enjoyed the music and I always loved music as you know you know uh, but I wasn't as free in myself then to dance and move so the, the little bit of chemicals helped me but I remember when this song came on there was uh, as you know with a lot of those kind of um the, the the soul bands from the 60s and the 70s slightly into the disco sound they're kind of uh the Detroit sound and that there was all those different sounds going on. Um, there were kind of dance routines that the band themselves would do. Beautiful to watch and they'd spin around and they do these steps. You know, I'm not usually big into routines, but I used to love watching the girls, the women, because there'd be these women. So if I was 14, as I said, they'd be 17, 18, and they'd get up three or four of them together and they would do this to, I'm so tired of being alone. And I, I'd jump in with them for the crack. You know what I mean? He mates would push me in. Come on in, Jimbo. And then I'd go, you know, and I'd do the routine with them. And if I wasn't that drunk, I'd pretend I was so no one would be, <laughs> so I wouldn't embarrass myself. So I could, because I really wanted to do it. And I loved these women. They were great, you know. And they'd be like, uh, um, kind of where they were singing, so tired of being alone, like, and those across there, don't fucking look at him, just, into, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? They were pretending they didn't care, you know. <laughs> and those sitting there all handsome, like, might be a whore later on. And he was. <laughs> but they were real proud. And they, they were beautiful women. They did these lovely dances, you know. Uh, Donna, Donna, stay with me now. Stay with me. Don't look. I'm going out to the toilet. Walk with me. That type of stuff. And I'd be like, don't fucking mind him. I'd be up there popping away. He may just be saying, George, you're fucking agent. <laughs> so that user are all just jealous. <laughs> But I got off the little movements. They weren't that kind of complex around like that. Because you'd copy them from watching like The Temptations or Al Green or whatever those, but you'd watch them do those little routines and you'd, you'd be playing around with them messing for the crack. So I've, I've actually a fond memory of that, that song as well as it being very, very painful. Uh, but it does have a very deep yearning, a kind of a, I'm getting tired now. I'm tired. I need some connection. I need something good, I think. And you create a lot of good feelings, Al. You help people engage in that, you know. But I'm going to say again, to get you in touch with the paradox of 
when you can embrace, breathe into, allow yourself to feel that loneliness, that yearning, that sadness, and just let it be, let it come. It's okay. It, the, the resistance creates the problem, the dread. But you lean in, you breathe in, you go with. It becomes okay. It's like, okay, I'm not going to die. I keep breathing. I'm all right. And it actually is a bit healing. It's cleansing. As they say. Okay. Thank you, Al Green. The, the Reverend Al Green, they call him, because he was a... Uh, a gospel singer in the church originally as a lot of good soul singers were onto the fab four the Beatles from 1966 right Eleanor Rigby uh, from the Revolver the brilliant Revolver album 1966 these were so intelligent and profound McCarthy and Lennon and their writing. They were singing about social alienation, social isolation. They were tuned into the whole disconnection between people, as a lot of people were, but they, they had a knack and a gift of singing about it and making it okay. No better than within Eleanor Rigby, you know? All the lonely people. Oh, look at all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? You know, Eleanor Rigby. De -de 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 -de. Great song. They're so clever, the Beatles. Uh, lyrically, it's really intelligent, you know. Uh, very almost prophetic or, 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 or intuitive in the way they write, you know. Because they were singing about stuff now that people are starting to kind of go, oh, that exists, you know. So what I would say to you is uh, they're singing about the human condition, right? <laughs> and the idea of all the lonely people, where do they all come from? You know, we go, oh, who are they? They're that group of lonely people over there. We're all the lonely people. They're singing about us all, you know. We come from everywhere, right? All the lonely people, where do they belong? We belong with each other. And we just, we're just trying to get back to the source, which I believe is God, you know. That's, that's who we are, you know. And in a weird paradoxical way, that can help us, can't it, you know. Uh, we all come from the source and we belong here on the earth journey as we return home to the source. So let's turn, you know, rather than all oh, the lonely people that somehow they're all, let's shut them all off over there, all those weirdos that I know I'm really part of, you know, we're this pretend group over here. Let's embrace, I am the lonely people. Where do I come from? I'm right here. Where do I belong? Right here, right now, talking to you in this podcast. How about that then? Would you accept that as a possibility? Well, whether you do or not, I'm running with that. That's who I am. So take it or leave it. Okay. All right. So right from Birmingham, Brobey. Um, the wonderful, the amazing singer-songwriter, Joan Armitraden, from 1977 from the incredible album Show Some Emotion. All her albums are brilliant. But that was a particular favourite of mine. Um, and John Armitraden, I think, holds records for uh, for a black, for a woman, singer-songwriter. She sang her own songs. She wrote her own songs. She produced her own songs. She played the music on her own. Obviously, she had a band. You know, she wrote the music. She did everything. 
that was unheard of for a woman in the 70s, late 60s, 70s, and a black woman in England. She did that, Joan Abertrain. She was originally, obviously, Jamaican, which is, uh, her parents were Jamaican. She was brought up in England. So maybe Birmingham, maybe the Midlands, actually. So uh, extraordinary person, extraordinary singer. So she, she thought she was a heroine in the true sense. And no surprise that a lot of the female songwriters since the 70s look to Joan Amatraden as they do Joni Mitchell, Ricky Lee Jones, Carol King. Joan Amatraden's right in there with them all, with the best of them. Um, huge influence on modern music. So anyway, the, the song I chose from that album is going to touch into that level of loneliness. It's about insecurity and kind of, not even love insecurity, I'm afraid. I'm a bit like paranoid. I'm, I'm home alone kind of thing. Just that need for human connection, that need for another to be there. Sometimes we put the telly on just to hear some sound. You know that part of the soul that gets quite a quite, ooh, I, I really don't like being on my own here, you know? I'm not into this, you know? And uh, the song is called Baby Won't You Come On Home. It's fucking brilliant. And it's just her and an acoustic kind of slight bit of percussion in the background. And she sings with a real crackly, beautiful voice, you know. And it goes, every lad is on. I can't sing for shit, but I'd love to be able to sing like her. I'd love to be able to just sing. She sings, every light is on, but all the rooms are empty except one. Baby, don't you stay too late. You know, I hate to be alone, and I'm alone. Baby, won't you come on home? Baby, won't you come on home? We all know that experience, don't we? And it may not be a lover, maybe just your pal or a fan, just someone, or just come home. <laughs> Please, I just don't like this feeling. But then she goes on, right? There's a madman standing on the corner and he keeps on looking in the window. Well, baby, won't you come on home? Beautiful, beautiful. And that's really the song. We all know that scenario. This woman or man, happens to be a woman, in the apartment or the house, alone, feeling a bit empty, feeling a bit scared, a bit insecure. And, you know, and then you look out the window, am I paranoid? Is that guy looking in the window? It looks like a bit of a lunatic. Where are you? Come home. And she, she wrote that obviously before mobile phones were around. That was back in 77, you know. Um, Baby, won't you come on home? Beautiful, uh, beautiful song. Lovely album. So again, that's the beauty with the playlist and I named the album it's from. You can check out the album. And I think these days, anyway, if you go into Spotify or any of them and you, you look up Joan Amber Trading, Baby Won't You Come On Home, it'll give you, it'll give you other songs of hers as well. So uh, it would be a shame if you don't know her and you haven't uh, tasted her music. And if you're listening to me, the chances are you probably will like it or like some of it. You know, that's what I feel. And I know some of you obviously will know her, you know. Okay, now, so moving on to the kind of loneliness now, that's about, again, isolation, maybe persecution, uh, again, social exclusion, bit of humiliation, feeling pushed away by society, by people, that kind of loneliness, that kind of isolation. And the song is called Isolation, and it's by John Lennon, and it's on the Plastic Ono Band, beautiful album, from 1970, right? And the song is Isolation. I'm just going to pick out a couple of the lines here. Just a boy and a little girl trying to change the whole wide world. Isolation. The world is just a little town. Everybody trying to put us down. Isolation. Okay, so it's naming that piece, right? But then it moves into kind of a real important transformative, maybe redemption forgiveness phase. And the, the actual music changes. I've used this song before, but 
in the podcast that it goes into I don't expect you to understand after you've caused so much pain but then again you're not to blame you're just a human a victim of the insane so it's that wonderful way of recognizing yeah yeah you hurt me stupid come it's not really that personal you, you you were it's not letting someone off the hook it's not saying it's okay but it's all a bit insane isn't it and if your needs are really properly met you wouldn't be behaving the way you are and you just leave us all alone we could live peacefully and so we go on and give peace a chance that's all he was on about isn't it you know uh so very prophetic in his writings um and he, he manages to name that isolation that feeling of i presume some of it was him and yoko at the time they were like pulled up in the house and the press were at them all the time there was all that going on but he's also touching into the human experience of being isolated being uh, not being accepted not feeling you're free to move or be with who you want to be with you know but then also acknowledging human suffering and where it really comes from it's all a bit insane really you know and that opens the doors to healing and forgiveness you know so isolation social exclusion alienation ridicule hurt redemption transformation forgiveness healing freedom all there all those themes are there you know um yeah so let me take you back to let me take you down that's not on the list because i'm going to strawberry fields beautiful song that probably belongs with dreams oh nothing is real a bit isolating as well anyway let me take you back to slow road ballymore 19 85 86 87 would have been the glen era as well but this particular scene i'm going to describe uh didn't involve um the maestro himself uh he, i think he was probably asleep in another room and this was going on uh we stayed up late but sometimes he actually did go asleep he tired himself out and he'd be exhausted anyway the song is called coney island baby from the coney island baby album by lou reed it's from 1977 but i'm listening to it through the mid 80s right and i call this kind of like uh nighttime darkness loneliness kind of combined with uh aware of the city loneliness you know so i'd be listening to this on a tape back at that time tape recorder in the kitchen in the kitchen in the slogan valley one i'd be smoking at the window with me cup of tea mug of tea i had tea then as well same same deal so I'm there, and it could be 12, 1, 2, 3 in the morning. There's something about some of Lou Reed's music, particularly this. It belongs in Ballymore, it belongs in the city. It's got that feel to it, and that real late-night consciousness, you know, when kind of a lot of people are kind of sleeping, and there's vague shouts. There's a couple outside arguing on, on the way home from some fucking house party that went wrong. There's like, we were up on the fourth floor at that particular time. So you're, you're high enough up that it doesn't bother you too much little sounds in the background maybe people sleeping uh but i'm there i'm not ready to sleep yet and i'm just contemplating it's kind of a nice but a lonely soulful space um and there's great hope and redemption in this song as well so uh and again it's lou reed and his typical almost talking style you know when you're all alone and lonely in your midnight hour and you find that your soul has been up for sale you know, and it's, it's got that Lou Reed slight cynicism in it. He's always got that edgy vibe, right? But then he moves into, but the glory of love, the glory of love just might come through. 
just might come through the Coney Island maybe. There's lots of complex references to just sports and playing football and different things, but it's really about being really lonely, not knowing if you can trust your friends. Are they good here? Are they not? You know, uh, permission to feel a bit cynical and unsafe and then maybe transform and kind of go with the glory of love. You know, maybe you remember or somebody connects with you that's, that's beautiful, just might see it through, just might shine through. You know, the guitarist on it is superb. What's the name of the guitarist? Can't think of his name. Beautiful guitarist. It's kind of a slow tune, but it's a late night tune, you know. Uh, he says, when you're all alone and lonely in your midnight hour and you find your soul has been up for sale. Just even that, those lines alone, you know. You're all alone and lonely. I was in my midnight hour and the midnight hour could go on to three, four or five. I sit having a few roll-ups, just gently contemplating what the fuck's it all about and then realizing it's about the glory of love there's Lou singing about it right now and just being right in that process at that time you know um yeah i'm about 25 26 then feels like a long time ago my god yeah hamo it was glenn's nickname we fucking snored in the other room <laughs> guitar on the floor fucking rappers from I told you before I used to bring always bring in loads of uh, bars of chocolate and penguins and fucking <laughs> oh. okay that's Coney Island baby I'm kind of getting near a close I feel um, on the the loneliness part obviously next week I'm going to talk more about despair it'll be kind of similar again in, in a paradoxical way it can actually be quite uplifting to actually name the things that feel awful to talk about or hard to name despair and sadness and loss but leaning then into transformation healing freedom all that good stuff because you can't have one without the other of course and the more you acknowledge this stuff the, the, the clearer it gets the pathway is kind of like oh I see I can see clearly now that's not on it either <laughs> Johnny Nash I can see clearly now. And the High House Flowers do a kick-ass version of that as well. You're just going to have to remember I said that now because I haven't written that on the... the it's, 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 it's all done. Uh, by the time you get this, it'll be all be done. Now, let's get into some very deep existential loneliness. Not fucking bad enough, Jimmy. I can't say No, but um, this, the, the brilliant Randy Newman, and I'm laughing to myself at the contrast. I know he did the toy, the the toy story song. You got a friend in me. That's Randy Newman, really upbeat. Randy Newman doesn't usually like that. I mean, he's a fantastic songwriter, and so many people have covered his songs, you know. But I love him singing them as well. And this song I'm going to talk about now has been covered by loads of people. UB40 do a real upbeat version of it. So if you find this too, too tragic, <laughs> too, too depressing, too painful, this version, I don't. I can actually really embrace it. Pop UB40's version on. Uh, it's a bit more punk. <laughs> uh, but it's still quite a, a, a desolate. It's about desolation, kind of. Randy Newman will have that bit of irony, cynicism in his lyrics as well, which is always quite delightful, uh, but very truthful. And again, that transformative healing piece is available when you acknowledge the essence of the pain. You know? The song's called I Think It's Gonna Rain Today. Okay. Broken windows, 
and empty hallways, a pale dead moon in a sky streaked with grey. Human kindness is overflowing, I think it's going to rain today. Lonely, lonely, tin can at my feet, think I'll kick it down the street. That's the way to treat a friend. Stunning song, but it's, he's, his version is quite heavy, I'll pre-warn you if you don't know it. Some people say, oh, it's engaging in self-pity. Not at all. It's embracing. That's part of the human psyche. There's, a, there's an existential desolation, isn't there? You know, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes, you know, that imagery of broken windows and empty hallways. That's part of, of the human experience. And he's, again, they're metaphors for the soul, aren't they? For the psyche, you know? And I love the kind of slightly cynical human kindness is overflowing. I think you might be saying, where the fuck is it? <laughs> right? There isn't any, it's in short supply. And on top of that, I think it's going to rain today. <laughs> and, and I love that irony, you know, I love that, love that, you know. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant writer. And his loneliness, loneliness, you know. For some reason, there's a, a, a cartoon from a newspaper from the 70s and it just stayed in my mind. Used to get that in the kind of the mirror and the sun and all those trashy papers. They'd have little joke cartoons. So there's a picture of this guy, and he's he's um he's been sentenced to death, and he's it's by the execution by uh, the the axe. He's, he's going to be beheaded. And he's just about to put his head in the the thing, you know, and uh, the executioner standing there with a the mask on. But the guy with his head in, in, in that whatever it's called, where you put your neck down before you get sliced off, uh, he has a, a, a big kind of like a bandage around his head on his teeth, on his mouth. And the executioner says to him, toothache, just not your day, is it? <laughs> He's about to get me out of well, I'm in that position, just take your fucking head off, because I used to suffer terrible with toothache, as I mentioned in last night. But that just popped into my mind, that kind of early, you know. Um, I think it's going to rain today, you know. I'm thinking of doing, um, I have my own playlist from a while back on, I love rainy days. I don't like being caught in that shitty rain, but there's something beautiful about rain and being inside, particularly uh, Lois and I were talking about that recently, the, the, with the way it hits off the, the caravan. I think she was talking about childhood memory or something like that. Or, But we all know that it's hitting off windows or, and we, when you're safe and you're comfortable and you're warm, you know, um, that lovely feeling of and hearing the rain pelting off the roof or the, the windows. I can't stand rain. I can't stand all that stuff. So I have a, um, a playlist. I made it ages ago just about songs with rain in it. This one's a, you know, that use rain as a theme. So um, I don't know whether I'll get away with doing a podcast about that, but we'll see. Um, and in the, the, the lowest conversation, um, we were having that lovely connection around when you're trying to learn to really love yourself what that means you know um in terms of trying to express that and own that and, and really be free in that and so forth so it's a great conversation um to have and it's really relevant to all i'm talking about now because not necessarily behind all the lines but when we move through it that's what we're getting in touch with you know, that I'm actually okay, I can love and like me, call it what you will. And the more I do that, the more I can have that with you and vice versa. And then the more I can tap into, not separate from, 
uh, a deeper connection with the divine or whatever we want to call that you know that that beautiful journey that dance can happen you know with other human beings in the world it's fucking great okay last but not least oh no no i've actually took just a couple yeah two beauties to come before i finish one is actually called it's a beautiful thing the radio edit make sure by the wonderful band ocean color scene uh, it's from 1997 and it's i think it's a compilation album called songs from the front row and ocean color scene a really intelligent band um very not clever intellectually but intuitively intelligent write lovely stuff you know they had plenty of hits but they weren't like major like other bands were they just did that thing quietly and i love them this song is amazing the backing vocals are superb you know um, what I love about it is it captures the, the complex loneliness, the kind of confused loneliness we can have because human nature and human relationships, as we know, are they're messy. They're not black or white, you know. So the song has that line, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's a terrible thing. And it can be both, you know. Um, so they say that sometimes I could never, ever, ever fade again. And how could I be playing every line for you? Look at the things today that I could never choose. Oh, 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 it's a beautiful thing. It's a terrible thing. So it's got that kind of chaotic, messy, loneliness, confusion, layered, nuanced, not always clear. But the beauty and the magic lives in the mix, doesn't it? It's in there. It's right in there. That's where it is. Lovely on the air, this song. As I said, the backing harmonies are just superb. It. Check it out. It's a beautiful thing. Ocean color scene, the radio edit. And now, last but not least... A very simple but equally gorgeous blues song. And it's called Miss You Blues. That's by Mark Knopfler and his, uh, his kind of solo. He's got many solo albums now, Dire Straits, so I don't think are, are, record, are playing together that much anymore. And it's from an album called Privateering from 2012. Now, I'm a, I love Dire Straits and I like Mark Knopfler. I didn't know this song. And the little story behind this song is... I was getting a bit of breakfast. I was buying a breakfast roll or a lunch roll down in a place. Is it called the D1? It's on the corner of North Circular Road, just down near where I work. I think they're Romanians or they're East Europeans that, that run it. And um, so I'm going in and I'm just about to order. And there, there's, a, uh, there's music playing. There's a, a speaker there. And I hear this gorgeous guitar. And I thought, that sounds like Nuffler, you know. Then I hear the voice. Da, 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 da. So I'm ordering the food and I'm kind of going, is that, is that Mark Knopfler? Yes, yes, it is Mark Knopfler. Oh, okay, yeah. So I picked up the song there, you know. Now, of course, I could have had, a, I could have went into Shazam, but I was in conversation, so I thought it'd be part of a conversation as well because the the woman and the guy behind the counter, they both knew it and they were kind of singing to it, you know, and acknowledging it, which was really nice too. So uh, this is just a very simple loneliness where we're just missing someone. You know, it's just that lovely. And it might be a romantic partner. It might be a friend. It might be a family member. It doesn't really matter, you know. It's called Miss You Blues, right? Um, and it goes something like this. If I'm going to play with you. And it goes something like this. Um, it says, Miss You Blues, baby Miss You Blues. You never used to look behind you. That isn't what you do. Didn't leave a thing behind you, but these Miss You Blues. Who's going to take your place? Who's going to fill your shoes? 
didn't leave a thing behind you but these miss you blues lovely and simple mark Knopfler's lovely guitar and his kind of very laid-back voice and it's just a beautiful simple human experience of missing somebody and i'm going to finish on that because we're all unique and we're all missed in a particular way we all want to be missed don't we it's nice to be missed and we miss people and when i miss someone there's something very specific about what i miss about them and vice versa you know and different people and equally i love love them all so it's just to connect with how beautiful and unique and unrepeatable you are as a person and that your love the way you are as a person can't be replicated by anyone so when someone misses you they miss you they miss that they miss the way you talk walk laugh cry everything they miss the interaction with you and nowhere else on the planet does that exist isn't that fucking cool you know it doesn't that help heal something deeply to know that you know so listen thank you for staying with me through what could be difficult stuff but actually as we go through it, it can get lighter and it can actually pave clear the way to breathe and to laugh and to experience joy and good stuff and and just you know be okay and kind of go yeah i can do this and, and wiser for the experience you know that kind of wisdom that comes with suffering and feeling that suffering and healing with it through it all of that stuff and you realize there's nothing wrong with being lonely i'm you know deeply lonely sometimes but it's not in that neurotic agonizing way it was when i was younger it's 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 equally as deep sometimes but the difference is i'm okay with it you know and it's not for the shortage of people i'm lucky that way uh it's not at all and i'm delighted to have that and it's as i said i love to get on my own and be and listen to my music or do whatever i do i love that time but there's a kind of uh i get that midnight nighttime blues definitely definitely it's not about anything in particular it's just an existential just human being thing and i'm okay with it i actually love it in me so there you go thank you so much for uh, being with me for helping me support me and loving what i do and i love what you do uh keep doing it and all of that jazz and i will be talking with you next week around despair sadness loss healing change freedom okay talk to you later thanks a lot bye bye you've been listening to the toilet conversations if you'd like to contact me about the content or any question or comment you have about the podcast you can do so on the toilet conversations at gmail.com so the toilet conversations is an independent production if you'd like to contribute towards the making of the podcast you can do so on patreon.com forward slash the toilet conversations